Oh, obviously. <laughs> yes, it works. It's pretty loud, actually. I, uh, okay, I, I think I might have actually lost hearing in both ears, weirdly enough. Well, yeah. I, well, at least you ain't chicken. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Elon. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elon. Oh my god, I'm uh, so sick of the Elon stories. I know. I'm actually, I felt the same way this morning. I was just like, I just want to get him out of my mouth. Like, and then it's something else. It's, it's called like, the. Oh, it's called the Elon Gate. Elon just keeps Gate. Going on. Yes, it keeps oh going on. Yes, keeps Were you working on plan all day? Is this, is, this is, no, I just thought of that. One. All right, it just it just grew on called you. Called the. Uh, topic that nice it just grew on me get it, get it elongate on you yeah there we <laughs> go <laughs> oh. welcome to black hills information security talking about the news i'm your host today ralph may and we have a all-star study cast of the most hackerish hackers in the world and ian <laughs> i honestly i have to give him the uh the award for best costume today because i'm not wearing one and i don't think anyone else is so you win congratulations we have uh we we have Ryan today making us all sound great. We have Mike. Thank you for showing up again. Uh, you keep showing up. You're going to be a host one day. You just wait. <laughs> Quade, thank you. Nah. I, I just wanted a weird, awkward silence. Sorry. <laughs> Ralph, just, Ralph, just, Ralph just froze there for a second. For I did me. it. I, I did it. I just froze you guys. I just want to see if you guys are going to say anything. Rodwin, thank you for showing up oh. for the oh. last day of the year. And then Ian. We're all here for some uh, fun stuff, right, guys? It's going to be good. So be good. Last, last news of the year, right? Last yes. official uh, webcast. We are the, we, we're, we're rounding up the year. We're, we're it. We, so we're going to go hard. We are it. And uh, thank you, everyone, for showing up to listen to us for the last newscast of the year. You guys are the reason we do this. Yeah, so thank you. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant to say. That's it. And if we keep this up, John may show up. Who knows? You never know. He's like he's like a ghost, right? Like he just kind of shows up. Like, hey, I'm here. Fades in, fades out. Fades in, yeah. fades out. What news articles do we have today, though? Anyone's anyone want to start with? Are we are we all just uh, going to wing this one? I think we should probably start off with the uh, antivi antivirus and EDRs that are acting as data wipers now. It's like half of the major names. So that one's under malware finds a way for you fellow hosts. Oh, antivirus and EDR solutions tricked into acting as data wipers. Uh, righty, This sounds pretty bad. With how simple the pathing is on it. I mean, it was create a special path with a malicious file inside your temp directory that looks like a subset of directories for Windows System 32 drivers. Mm -hmm. Tell the EDR to postpone the deletion until the next reboot. Delete the temp directory and then create a junction from temp to C colon. So that way, basically, you're the EDR starts looking for Windows System 32 drivers and pop. So is all they did was, was just basically tell the EDR that the good files were bad? Is that all it did? Basically, yeah, what it did was it said, okay, here's where the location of the one is. Now C temp is actually pointing to the C colon, so it's going to go ahead and go temp, and then Windows System 32 drivers ndis.sys, and blow ndis.sys that way, and all of a sudden, your system is blown away. 
Nice. Honestly, EDRs are so Avast, Avast and you can't do we count Avast and AVG as like legitimate antivirus? They should just delete themselves. Right? <laughs> this is actually their intended effect is destroying themselves. Yeah. As like corporate security goes, like I have to deal with people trying to install Avast and AVG all the time. And I'm like, why? Why? What's going on here? Why are you doing it? Why are you bundling software? Like go to go to the corporate link for for FileZilla, not the FileZilla on the internet. That's that's the way it works. You're trying to get problems solved. Yeah, I don't know why you're trying to ruin everything for me. You know, <laughs> coming it's coming my day. You ruined it, man. I thought I was helping. Now I just feel upset. Mm. I mean, um, luckily there are fixed versions already out there for uh, Microsoft and Trend Micro. It is kind of interesting because EDRs obviously have a lot of power on the host already. I mean, they're pretty much rootkits. So if you can trick them into doing something, um, you know, that's kind of a privilege escalation or, you know, some other kind of attack path. I mean, this is kind of a DOS by wiping all the files a little bit more permanent, right? So kind of interesting uh, look at that. It makes me think about like how to possibly convince an EDR to do some other actions that may be more privilege escalation techniques, right? To execute something, but um, I'm not really sure what that path would look like. So. I didn't For, get a chance to look at the story. Does the story go into what the motivations were, though? Like, who built this? Was this strictly a research project or I'm research? Trying to think of, like, what, yeah, go ahead. It's a research. Um, it says right. even the guy's names listed in here early on. And I got to remind it. Uh, or Yair from Safe Breach is the oh, one okay. with this. Gotcha. From okay. a security, from like a blue team standpoint, I think of this on the reverse side where maybe. <laughs> Like super certain critical systems, you shouldn't have auto deletions or like yeah. auto corrections automatically turned on. You're just detecting, right? The classic yeah. like IPS versus IDS situation. And you that's know, something you always need to think about when throwing out these policies for AV, just in case it deletes something it's not supposed to. So I have like two viewpoints, right? Because I end up testing a lot of EDR solutions. And at the end of the day, I always am able to get execution. And what I think that we should be more concerned with is whether I get like actionable alerting, right? Like knowing what someone is doing and that this is very highly likely a malicious action as opposed to just trying to figure out how to delete everything. Does that make sense? Or yeah, do to, you want detection rather than prevention? Yeah. Uh, and which like, is, which I think is key. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be agreed. able to prevent everything. You, you can't. Need. Yeah, you can't prevent everything. I feel like at the same point, though, there is stuff that I think should be prevented by default, like just reading anything to do with LSAS, anything. But like as far as files go, I think there's always that crosstalk where you end up, you know, accidentally deleting something that is useful or something that just happens to be written in Go for some reason, right? Um, you know, <laughs> a lot so of these, a lot of these tools can quarantine. Though that's the part that's blowing me away is yeah. that you could still have the rules. To say quarantine this file until human interaction. Oh wait, we probably shouldn't be wiping out all of Windows. Yeah, yeah. let's go find out why that's happening. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, anytime you write any kind of rule-based system, you have to make every single scenario. They call it the invisible thread, and and computers are just so many and like so many different scenarios. I mean, that's pretty much the definition of what a bug is, right? The name's pretty cool. He named it a, a keto wiper, a keto wiper. Mm. Which, <laughs> so it's supposed to research. Like we didn't see uh, that actually no. was my first question with this article was we didn't see, we're not seeing this in the wild per se hmm. no no not it doesn't yet. look like it gotcha gotcha well it's so, still okay. scary especially considering how many uh companies just leave things in default configuration modes mm -hmm. yeah 
Okay. Well, it's funny though, because the more advanced EDR products in the default configuration are like, okay. All right. Yeah, like really when you turn them up okay. all the way, then they, they get pretty decent at, you know, doing their job. But a lot of companies found out that when you turn them up, they actually have to understand what their organization's mm, doing, doing. And then that requires, so they end up putting uh, in default mode. So yeah, it just, it broke too many things in production, you know? Nothing like uh, throwing an AV, turning it up to 11, and then throwing it on a dev's box. And you're just yes. like, what is he doing? Like, yeah. everything imaginable <laughs> oh, is going on right now. Just <laughs> get him on the phone. What did you do? Oh, I just opened up uh, PyCharm. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> installed Chocolatey. Yes. Well, if we learn anything from this, uh, this news article, make sure you update your Avast and AVG. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm actually kind of surprised that it's taken this long for somebody to do this because i mean I, I remember years ago when when working with various antivirus software and seeing that they have certain no-go uh directories it's like how did they know and how hard would it be to go around that if i was a bad guy so it's i'm i'm kind of just wondering why is it taken this long mm -hmm. am i being too cynical and jaded well <sighs> the only thing about this attack is i don't really necessarily see like the um uh how do i get paid part <laughs> yeah exactly. that's the thing i'm missing right and i think that's probably why you know most people don't do it like if there was a way to like change your like wipe the system and then somehow put a ransomware note i mean then this uh, this is really makes sense right um, it's more of a the, the scary part. This is more of a cyber weapon than it is a yeah. make money. So this is yeah. a yeah. not yeah. Petcha. This is more Russia style wipers going through. Yeah, stuff like that. I so. would take everyone's computer offline really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this Rob is makes a really really good point though about like the, the and it's where I was going with the you know was this research you know a lot of these EDRs, like you said, do have the ability to do this stuff. And there's, there's one vendor I'm thinking of in particular that, you know, ends in EM. Don't say their name. But they end in an EM. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they're essentially bash scripts all the way down with privileges. Mm -hmm. That's all they are. Yeah. And I, I, I was looking at it going, you just ruined their AI. That was all they had. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just hurdles and bash scripts. So no, it's just bash scripts all the way down. And I said, what would stop somebody from being able to? Because they they market it that way. They say you can anything you can write as a script, we can do for you as an EDR. We can search for this, we can do that, and that sounds amazing until you realize, well, what happens when the attacker gets control of that infrastructure? And it's like, well, then they can do anything. <laughs> oh, wonderful! <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah, scripting is wonderful. But I remember years ago when Amazon took what, the entire East Coast down just because mm -hmm. a, a technician fat-fingered one command? And it, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't... It was this cascade thing, so the, the potential for damage just... Yeah, okay, great. I have more nightmare fodder. Wonderful. <laughs> Res Resume-generating event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to touch on that for a minute, because years ago, I used to run a enterprise operations center. It was just like a knock on steroids. And this was long before SolarWinds had its issues, and SolarWinds was kind of best in breed. And we actually joked about setting up SolarWinds, because you could. You absolutely could do this setting up solar winds so that if certain things went down for a certain amount of time which was rsla to notify people that it would immediately 
take our most updated resume and post it to monster.com. <laughs> <laughs> resume poster. Wow. Yeah. All right. This is down for this long SLA and look for another gig. Yep. And got it. You guys want to talk about Elon for just a second? I actually have a follow-on article about the Elon yeah. article. All right. All right. So we, don't have, we don't have to spend that long on this article, okay? Okay. So for everyone who's <laughs> under a rock, doesn't get alerts on their phone, or hasn't talked to their neighbors, friends, cousins, um, husbands, wives, whatever, anyone else on the planet, um, Elon got upset because people were tracking his jet. And then in turn, he kicked a bunch of people off of Twitter and then um, just caused a bunch more noise, right? And they were doxing him or, you know, actually news or news outlets were reporting about them getting doxed and then they got turned off too. So it became this whole thing because what's ended up happening, and this has been going on for a long time, is that people track his private jet. I mean, I don't know, it could take something besides the jet, maybe, possibly, I don't know. And uh, so, yeah, it kind of blew up. But... What do you guys think about tracking anyone's jet, let alone it's Elon's jet? I think this is a good reason not to have it in your own private jet and to fly yeah. private jets, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the transparency of where my private jet goes is the reason I don't fly mine anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that was what I was thinking, too. I was like, you know what? That's why I take Greyhound, because the private jet was just too trackable. Did you did, did you guys hear about this? so this is going off another deep end but I haven't seen it in the news that much but supposedly Elon uh Elon tried to claim that like I I don't I don't know I'm not going to say this news source is credible cuz it's on TMZ. Ooh. Uh it says a stalker attacked Elon's car yeah, with his so, son inside of it. So I, I haven't heard anything about that which once that would happen I would say okay maybe we need to like take a step back I think on track. That's him actually now. what happened and that's what caused him to like kind of like have the snap snafu or you know the quick judgment on all these people you know just kind of like if you have a lever he's pulling one that he happens to have right um right. you know when you feel personally attacked you know literally right or people mm -hmm. you think are following you or something like that um you know if he wasn't he if he wasn't in charge of twitter he would just been like hey this kind of sucks this is you know all this person's fault right but because he mm -hmm. is he can go kick people off right isn't um, it just a kid who has that like tracker too it's like Yes. A kid. Yeah. I, last time I saw he first wrote it, he was underage, which yeah. was kind of crazy. And then, <laughs> so to follow on to this, and then just recently, because I don't know, he loves the headlines. Now, Twitter is banning all posting of any other social media, pretty much, uh, on Twitter. So you can't like post a link to Mastodon or to Instagram or to anything else unless you pay money. Well, no, and that's been like backed everything. off already. That's yes, been backed exactly. off. Oh, they already backed they off. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah they did, they deleted it that. in less than twenty four hours. They went ahead and deleted oh, that policy wow. offline. Yeah. So, and then the last thing, which I didn't know that that had already gotten offline, but the last thing Elon has done is he's also posted a uh, what do you call it? a poll, a which poll. is his new way of running Twitter, just one poll yep. at a time. And this is whether he should be CEO anymore. So, and he was supposed to not be ceo so that was the cool thing he said he was going to abide by it and he's still ceo yeah, so what does that say we'll, right there well i'll see what happens but i read this enough is, go ahead this is worse whiplash than when we had a, a revolving door on the white house now. yeah it's <laughs> oh how many scaramucci's does it take for them to pull a policy back at uh, this is uh, it's got to be micro scaramucci's yeah <laughs> 
Well, and you know, he, he's talking about how he's all against censorship unless it's somebody saying something negative yeah, about him yeah, or something yeah, he likes. It's, it's all free speech yeah. until tell me, it hurts me. Tell me another one. No, yeah. when he he's using these polls and like his his biggest thing was there's too many bots on Twitter, right? Yeah. And so now you're using polls to do stuff like uh-huh. like with the bots. I don't know. It kills me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I, I know two year olds who had better self discipline. Uh, this is just nuts. I read about the tr- plane tracking stuff, and um, I've actually known about this for a while, right? It's not anything new that you can track planes because they have a transponder, um, and mm-hmm. you can actually set up uh, ground stations to track these. And they're like, you can set up like your own, right? And there are people who do this, right? They set up uh, their own ground stations to track airplanes. It's not just like the, the equipment required. And then they set up a big network, right? Like kind of a, like a, um, a community network that transfers these whenever they see these planes and so on and so forth. I also read another article just recently, and this is actually related to uh, TPS sensors in your car. So if you don't know, there's a law that all cars have to have a tire, tire pressure sensor. Oh, hold on one second. I've got a little one attacking me. <laughs> All right, go anyway, so you have to have a tire pressure sensor in your car and people are using these to actually track because they have unique serial numbers and since so since they can get hit by a wireless signal then you can therefore track the car is that where it leads to Let's see so the wor- yeah the worst thing is when these go little- off oh go ahead go ahead Ian. i can speak to this a little bit not this specific story but a few years ago it was at besides orlando somebody had posted some research on this and actually done a talk on it and it, nothing's changed. Essentially, you can use a RTL SDR, a little $20 device. And if it's, it's inside of that sub gigahertz kind of frequency, but it's, it's, it's in the range of the RTL, uh, the RTL SDR, those $20 devices, each one of those devices that are inside of your tire, that actual tire pressure monitor is a radio device. It transmits to the car what its PSI is, but they also have serial numbers yeah. that is also captured and transmittable. So the, the theory here is, is that you have enough of these around a city and you saw they're fit inside of a, a Tupperware container. You have enough of these fed in. And if you know that, and we'll just pick on Elon because it's fun, their, um, you know, their cyber truck has whatever in it, these, these TPMS monitors, they track them throughout the city and you say oh we saw the the four serial numbers or two of the serial numbers show up for elon's vehicle going this way and this way through the ground stations and now you're so, now you're tracking. so yeah that's pretty much it so the so each of the tps has a serial number that is uh, assigned to it right and there's a unique serial number for each one because that kind of tells you what the tire is like which tire it is and it also makes it so when you're driving down the road you don't get your neighbor's car tire pressure and you think you know what something something bad is happening right Ian's right, you would put a bunch of sensors in, in, in your city, and they would actually pick up all these serial numbers. If you connect those with something like a license plate reader um, at certain areas, once you've categorized it, you can actually associate vehicles. Even if you didn't have a license plate, you can track vehicles. You don't need a plate. I can just know that these sensors, I saw them, and then you can start to map where this vehicle's going, um, and then you start building pattern of life, all the other kinds of fun stuff, right? But these sensors are unencrypted, and they have no authentication. So they're just broadcasting out their serial number all the time. They have about a ten, a five to 10-year battery life in these uh, sensors that are inside the tire. Blake, Blake hit the nail um, on the head right here, what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. Can I read these with my flipper zero? Um, <laughs> I'm I don't so know glad I have maybe. a dumb car. I'm so glad I have a dumb car. 
Well, my, my read tire pressure sensors are going off right now. And I'm just like, which tire is it? I filled all the tires with air. Come on. It's got to be one of you. And now I'm like, oh, maybe the radio has gone so out in it. Here's the wild part. The um, I, I can't remember what year car it is, but there, it's a mandatory uh, requirement that they have to have these. So when you replace your car at some point, it will have a tire pressure sensor. Okay. So it, this isn't one of those like, oh, only the Cadillacs have the tire pressure sensor, <laughs> right? Uh, all yeah. cars are going to have them. So um, kind of an interesting way to track vehicles around uh, a city or anywhere for that matter um, with extremely inexpensive equipment the remediation for this would be some kind of like authentication of some sort right or anything in the way of um you know that authentication uh, is hard yeah i'm i'm <laughs> wishing every day that i'd never gotten rid of my volkswagen bug <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I never, I never, it was a 69. It was the last year that they were made in Germany. The I never should have gotten rid of that. The new, uh, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, committing a crime thing will be having a vehicle with removed tire pressure sensors. <laughs> I do wonder, cause, uh, in, in Florida here, we have sun pass and there's all kinds of different variants of that throughout the U S but basically those radio transponders that when you're, when you're on toll roads, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. bill your credit card. And I was explaining to my kids because at the, you know, major intersections that head onto the highway or toll roads or all over the city, just depending on where they are, they've got the transponders that can pick that stuff up. And I got curious. I'm like, why isn't a toll road? What are they doing? And I, I found out years ago that it's one of the ways that they do traffic monitoring. It's part of the agreement that now they can get real time data of how many cars are on the road at these intersections to help understand where they need to build things and whatnot. But I mean, immediately that's a a tracking network. So I wonder how long it will be until law enforcement in those same situations have those types of of transponder readers to get in even like, oh, well, somebody switched my my thing out. I wasn't at the scene of the crime. I was letting somebody use my sun pass. Okay, (laughs) but they were using your sun pass and your tire pressure monitor yeah 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 so tires. when it comes to like (laughs) tracking people and um you know establishing pattern of life and all this other fun you know stuff right all these sensors are just data points and you need correlation right so you take all of these together and you start to build pictures but none of those pictures are never are in in essence going to be enough for complete accuracy right and so once you have enough of those then you can kind of confirm what's going on right um and so that's probably how law enforcement will use it in the all you need is enough to convince a jury. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's true. Before we move on, if folks were curious about that flight tracking, I, over on the other screen, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the name of it. But you can literally go on to Amazon and search for uh, flight aware yep. or yep. air nav radar box. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. It's 29 bucks. Yeah. You plug it in and it picks up the ADSB, and that's quite literally what they're using to track these private jets anybody can do it they yeah. just did it at scale so yeah. depending on the aircraft and um other things right you will have to have one of these on right at all times and there's other things you can correlate when they're not on right um so there's other things like because what what you can do is with all of these sensors around when you see a plane fly over and you have this sensor and you know it's here you know it's here and then suddenly it disappears you can start drawing other kinds of judgments right um so there's all kinds of interesting stuff but yeah um planes kind of have to have little trackers on them so there's also like a raspberry pi version of it Mm -hmm. that doesn't take much to uh set it up so yeah. yeah this is 
<sighs> yeah, this is the uh, that that it, which, by the way, there's nothing Elon can do that's going to somehow fix this. It's just you know, it's 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 the same reason why everyone went out and bought a bunch of toilet paper during the pandemic. They want to control, <laughs> but they can't control it. Okay. Um, and so the thing that he happens to be able to do is just kick people off Twitter because he's the, you know, CEO, head, tweeter, whatever. But, you know, everyone else just bought toilet paper because that's all. When everyone get. buys toilet paper, you buy a bidet. Yeah. That's how you get it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone in my family gets a bidet this year. It's the gift uh, of the end of the pandemic. The only outlaws have toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Um, so anyway. of course, the, the funny thing, though, too, you don't even have to have one of these gizmos because there are websites yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Absolutely. have air yeah. traffic tracking. And mm-hmm. OK, even if there are some flights where the the call sign or or details about the, the vehicle are obscured or, or hidden, you can still figure it out. It's it's right. not that tough. No. Yeah, especially with as much as that plane uh, is in the air. Yeah, probably all so. the time. It's right in the air right now. You want to know? Go look it up. I'm sure there's a website. Yeah. The the no, one last point I, I really want to make on this is is when he took over Twitter, he kept on going on about free speech, free speech, free speech, blah, 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 um, and made a point, literally a quote that was like, even though this person doing Elon's jet brings personal risk to myself and my family of knowing where they are i'm still going to allow them because free speech well you know month later oh the thing i just literally described as not being a problem happened oh Mm. oh, i guess i should get rid of that and yeah no it is it is very much like yeah maybe this is you know the reason you have these safety teams deciding what is and what isn't good is because they have a larger empathetic view of the bad things that can happen just not perceived through your own eyes but mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the new twitter policy what elon sees is fair game yep we'll put a poll for that ian um so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. It, it does it does seem though that no matter which way we turn one way or another everything that we do everything that we have all of our information is accessible that's and correct. and this is one of the things as as one of the, the few people on this panel who actually remembers days before the internet when uh, communication was not instantaneous. <laughs> I remember. People, people don't know what real privacy is anymore. And, and I, I can't imagine what it's like for someone growing up today who's used to living in a goldfish bowl where everything is visible. Yeah, I just I just can't imagine that because I remember when you could really go off the grid and and be private, be hidden and no one would know how to find you. But whether it's airplane tracking or tire tracking or uh, what is it, even even the FBI's vetted website. Infraguard? Oh, yes. Infraguard. Yep. I haven't seen that in there. <laughs> Uh, but but, Every- but to- what a beautiful segue! I was- <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have a story in this. Yeah, the story's in there. Oh um, sweet. Okay. I don't remember where, but if you did not, if if have you have you guys all caught up on it? Political. It's under political. Is it under Second political? Story. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's a political yeah. one. Yeah. So pretty much, a threat actor masqueraded as a CEO of a large company 
was able to get into a cybersecurity, like it's more of a cybersecurity threat intelligence information sharing organization with the FBI, which is called InfraGuard, and mm-hmm. able to make a fake account and then started attempting to talk to other individuals within InfraGuard while also, I believe, scraping all the data and yeah. getting a bunch of contact information. I think they said there was an option to put your social security number in it, but there wasn't any. So I always take that option if it's available. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Well, the, the thing about InfraGuard, too, is that it isn't, it isn't just people who are associated with the FBI. It's people who are in the private sector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It, and, and it's not just and it's not just cybersecurity. It is all sorts of security all yes. across the board. Yeah, it's critical infrastructure. So they, they have Definitely. like 12 domains of critical infrastructure, and it's an FBI partnership between private businesses to to help share and disseminate what they call sensitive but not classified information to let them right. know of threats and exchange information. I, I was a member when I worked at uh, HD Supply, which if you're familiar with them, provides piping and all kinds of stuff for critical infrastructure. So yeah, no, a breach of that, I mean, it's not the OPM breach. Um, and I think if this breach had happened five years ago, it would have been a huge deal. But after OPM is breached and after Equifax is breached, like, uh, okay. Yeah, that right. shouldn't have happened, but it did. I mean, well, the other thing is, is that outside of tying you to this national database of people that are trying to protect critical infrastructure and share information that way, with all the breaches that we have over the last five years, let's just say five, mm-hmm. most of your data is out there, anyways. A breach now is, to me at least, seems more like tying you to a specific thing. More than, oh, I've got your data. Your data's already been swiped five ways to Sunday. Now it's just making sure you're not on Ashley Madison under the correct name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I make a unique email. He goes under May Ralph. (laughs) No, I have an automatic email name generator for every website now. I'll never use the same email again. Um, yeah, I think the scary thing about it is if they're just trying to tie people to people that they, some people might call snitches, especially with the political uh, tensions that we have into this country right now and people anti-government and anti-this and the big divides and everything. With all the violence that's been slowly ramping up against some of this stuff, the insurrections and everything, how safe are you and your family going to wind up being because of something like this? Is that where a line all of a sudden gets drawn? I think well, that's... And, Go ahead. Yeah, it's you don't even have to be a Russian oligarch anymore. Does no, mean it accidentally fall out of a building? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many buildings are they? Yeah. Uh, does being an InfraGuard count as you being an, an informant? Because I know, like anyone in the in any type of government agency, can ask you to be an informant at your place. And pretty much, if you hear anything, and you could actually like put it, like tell them. Uh, I like I know people who have been like approached and stuff like that. Does that count as InfraGuard as well? Because I know you can t- tell them, but usually most cybersecurity people, especially blue team, right? You are not like you can talk to law enforcement, but you do not directly. You go through legal, legal goes to them, right? Yeah. So there's some weird shadiness with that too. Knowing that someone at your job may be bypassing the chain of command, 
may also be like a red like a badge on your permanent report or something like that yeah. yeah, I'm trying to remember back from when I was in it and was very much more involved in it than than I certainly am now. I was trying to remember because there was a point where it was around the time that they were bringing up those like be an informant be a, and, and there was yeah. a whole kerfluffle, especially about cable providers being informants, being somebody who walks into a home and is like, oh, I saw something weird. And it's like, well, I, I had to let them in because I had to get my cable modem fixed. Like, I don't know that I want that. Um, and where's the invasion of privacy there? So I think though, um, you know, that the points that have been brought up about dangers to families and tracking and power is a really good segue to that other story that, that we've got in there about a tracking device and a mayor. Oh yeah. Mm. Ooh. The Reno mayors. Yes. Reno mm-hmm. mayor sues after finding tracking device on a vehicle. Um, so this is the, uh, the garden varietal of, uh, tracking devices. So, uh, they look like, uh, little Pelican cases. They're real small. They got a little magnet on it. You can buy them off eBay, eBay, excuse me, Amazon, a couple hundred bucks. They slap them on the bottom of the car and it's got cellular and GPS and it'll tell you where the car goes that they use them. Different companies use them, but you can buy one. Anyone can. Um, so I guess, um, she had one. How big is it? It's as they're, big as a Peloton box? No, 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 like, no. Like, big. They're like oh. this big. They're they're like, oh, okay, okay. like a little waterproof. They're not they're not that big, right? Like okay, you, okay, okay. you won't know they're there unless you go look up under the car and then you you can All see right. it, right? Um it's they're like battery powered. <laughs> um and anyways, uh she found uh one under her car. Well, let me phrase that. A mechanic found one under her car and she's suing um after she found out about this. I can't imagine that it would be that difficult to figure out who was the owner of it. I don't know if it says in the article. Unidentified third it party. It said it was yeah. a, a private investigator. A private investigator, yeah. So, I mean, in one of these scenarios where, like, if, you, if someone did find one of these under the car, they're associated with some company that's actually offering this service. Uh, as soon as law enforcement get in, gets involved, these companies are easily going to divulge every bit of information that they have about the customer that would be purchased paying for this thing so it's not like um you know if they have anything that would actually connect it to a real person they're gonna absolutely tell um them about it so um but it looked like it was a private investigator for what not sure but um i have a sneaky suspicion that legally the private investigator did not have the authority to do that so I was going to ask that if anyone on here has more experience with private investigators than i do because one of the private investigators that i used to work with i would say they were not incredibly bound to morals. <laughs> well, because they're trying to be successful. The I, law I, prevents I, success. But what what is the real rule? Like, is do private investigators in at least in some states? I don't know. Again, I'm asking. I, I the believe or anyone here. I, would, I believe that falls under like the consent state. to monitoring, right? Um, so are tracking because you're monitoring someone's activities, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think that they have that. Um, you know. What is it? <sighs> right. But, I mean, they do surveillance, right? They take photos. Of yeah, you but that's in the public, though. Covered. That's in the public, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you're not, you know, that's... They, they've always been, they always used to try and tail and follow you anyways. Yeah. Now they're just doing it without actually physically following you. I mean, these I things are the same thing as, like, wiretapping, though. Like, the reason you always used to see in movies, like, the two people huddled around the big reel-to-reel is because the way the law is written, someone actually has to hear it happen well, in so- real time. So and then they take the thing. Think about it like this, though, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of those laws now, and I'm not sure about the actual like legality, and it probably changes from state to state. But a mm-hmm. lot of the like wiretapping and all this other stuff, right? 
Um, I don't think as a normal citizen, you're allowed to do that per se. But mm. from the private investigator, what they're doing is they're like, well, you just asked me to prove that they were cheating or not. Like, I'm not bringing right. this to court. Like, I, I'm just getting paid to prove what they're yeah. doing, right, to you. To you, and that's it. Like, you, I obviously, I'm going to tell you right away, you can't use this in court. It's like... I would love to hear yeah. from a private investigator or something on some of this stuff, because that, that does seem yeah. like such a gray area. I would oh, imagine that the, the, the yeah. cheating thing, right? You want to be able to, like, there's probably yeah. like a checkbox in the uh -huh. private investigator. Like, you want me to like, cheat you want, or you want to follow <laughs> the law? <laughs> yeah. Do you want this to be permissible in court? Yes. Check. Okay. Yes. But, it's, it's like yeah. the old mechanics things where you walk in and it's like the charge, the charge if you try to do it yourself first, the charge if you try to do it yourself and you want to watch me do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Do you, do you want me to be legal? Do you want me? Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> so. Oh, hey, Mark. Yeah, I, got, I have an interesting one that I particularly like just because it's BEC, but it's not the BEC that you normally suspect. Oh, you don't say. Uh, and <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> stream deck. That was good. So like with normal BEC compromise, right? They usually are trying to get you to send them money and that type of stuff. But oh, the email hijackers scam food. Oh, is it? I don't know. Is that the same one I was looking at? Probably. I was looking at the registry. Yeah, okay. This one, they're they're scamming people for powdered milk. Wow, and going for the good stuff, huh? Right, powdered milk or baby formula. So Ooh. in this, baby it says powdered milk. Baby oh, formula yeah. would be right up there, though. But this one right. says powdered milk, and it's due. But you are correct; it is linked to baby formula, bad baby formula in China. China, no, uh, there was like a huge uh, problem there with baby formula. It actually like killed several people. That was and the then, same in the U.S., just a heads up. Yeah, well, was it in 2015? I don't have kids, so I wouldn't know. But I, I um, did, and we knew. <laughs> uh, so by China still doesn't trust their baby formula, so there's a huge market for external baby formula coming mm -hmm. into China. Baby so these people so are buying, like, are, are getting BEC compromised to sell someone, like, 150 grand worth of baby or baby powdered milk, mm. which they're then flipping in China for money. Uh, nice. What I you don't yeah. hear a lot of like I would say like for profit hacking or you do you hear about state sponsored hacking in China and stuff like that but I feel like this is a little bit less you don't hear about for profit hacks then affecting yeah. China as much as you do say Russia because they hold the limelight most of the time so this is super uh -huh. interesting to me yeah. and also is like completely out of my realm or scope as someone who deals in financial services right this is targeting probably like food purveyors like target i would imagine walmart any of the big grocery stores is just a completely other side that i, I never I don't understand about. the bec side though maybe i missed it like they're trying to they send the email saying would you like yeah. to buy 150 oh so no, whatever, they're or? sitting they're sitting in between the person purchasing the yeah. baby the powdered milk and the the vendor selling the oh, baby milk they, they, they compromise it to the, this, the yeah. user and then yeah so they just in in the end insert themselves as a middleman in a in a desperate situation. Well, no, yeah. so yeah, they compromise right. some company that would normally buy that stuff, right? And then mm -hmm. they send a email to the supplier asking to buy it, blah blah blah, and then they send it to 
the other person. They say, hey, we're going to send you this. We're good for this. They send oh, it to China. All the milk, right? all the powdered milk that they would normally buy. And they're like, hey, we're going to pay you next week. You know, this is on credit, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's all sent to China and it's gone. And then the other company has no idea because they don't even see these email conversations happen. Could you so, imagine doing the OSINT trying to find everyone who buys milk? What's most likely happening is it's more of a credential stuffing at large. And then once mm -hmm. you're in there, what you do is you start just evaluating what the company does. What, what is their function, right? And then looking how... What, oh, what this guy buys powdered milk. Yeah, We're this in. guy buys powdered milk. <laughs> hey, we could sell. Uh, what about a? Hey, what do you guys think we could do with three tons of powdered milk? Let's go sell it, right? So, um, yeah. And honestly, right. a lot of those credential uh, like stuffing the broker, so people will sell that account out, and then somebody else will actually take it to do the scam. What What I love about this story, though, and it goes back to a a, a conversation I had with a, uh, a a CIO many years ago. That, that has shaped my security career because I realized, oh my gosh, that was the moment I realized you could become a CIO and absolutely know nothing. <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's the moment. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, for everyone so who we doesn't were, know. I was, I was debriefing them on uh, the, the target breach at the time. And they said, you know, let me, let me, could this happen to us? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm debriefing them. And they said, uh, all right, this is all great, but we only sell hammers. Why would anybody want oh, our data? The and you know that there's some like baby <laughs> formula milk powdered company CEO going, we only sell powdered milk. Why would hackers want to get into our stuff? And well, here you go. Fast forward <laughs> to only like a year after that conversation and the old hammer department got hit too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> oh god oh god yep it's bad it's real um and just think if all those hammers get hacked what will santa use and his elves to make all the toys oh, yeah. make all that stuff the ergonomic hammers the ip for that you know the way oh. it's shaped and then vibrates yeah. in your hand yeah. when you hit it and yeah absolutely <laughs> <while> they're all <laughs> I saw the uh, private chat where the, uh, or somebody talking about nora do we have a norad santa story or was that just joking about it uh, I don't well, think we have. That was Ryan. I was joking. <laughs> no, Ryan. We yeah. I was. Okay. Yeah, Nor Norad was hacked, and the Santa Tracker is. Uh, <laughs> there needs to be like an onion story on 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 Santa's yeah, privacy. Yeah. Like, yes, nobody Elon. nobody should be tracking him while he's delivering. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Uh, that is great. This is a for my family and the elves at the North Pole. So we're shutting. Yeah, this we got to think about. Santa's safety here. Come on. Yes, guys. Guys, <laughs> please. This he's trying to he's trying to work and we're just following him around. Every kid wants to know where he's at. Of course they do, right? Does they want to know where he's at could, because he's could take him down. <laughs> they're they're tracking him so that way they know where their Legos are. Mm. Ooh, what a great pivot. He pivots. <laughs> you know, love it. I love Legos. Even as an adult, I buy them and then build them for my kid and then say I bought them for him. But um, <laughs> as any good father does, as any good father does. But uh, it looks like um, Legos are kind of uh, expensive, if you didn't know that. And they actually have a resale market. And it looks like that's what got compromised here. Um, it, yeah, it oh, looks Brooklyn. like there were two, yeah. AP wow. yeah, two API security issues. Mm. So yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, that's what, 
they took over like bank earlier. accounts, yeah, and access to uh, steal personal uh, PII stored on the site. Uh, the vulnerability could have allowed attackers to gain access to internal production data and compromise internal servers. Um, yeah, so BrickLink is um, where you can buy. Uh, I think it's used or not used, but um, they have a bunch of different Lego stuff, right? Um, check it out. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. They're looking at just that one line. Researchers also exploited a flaw in the upload to wanted list. So on BrickLink, you can put in rare pieces or, or things yeah. that you can yeah. trade. And uh, faulty endpoint parsing mechanism. So that, that inf- if that's what I think it is, the XML external entities, mm. um, that sounds, and that had dropped off of the the OWASP top 10. So again, um, another scenario where we make Legos, why would we care about security? That's right. Ooh, that's, you know, I mean, have you stepped on one? They're indestructible. They're, uh, they are indestructible. <laughs> Your feet would agree. Um, My wife has a uh, lifetime pass to Legoland. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she got it when it first got uh, brought out in uh, San Diego. Oh, okay. So it was like some mm-hmm. special thing. You get a lifetime yeah, pass. Yeah. You can only buy yeah. it then, and then she gets like uh, a certain amount of free tickets every year. Wow! And so yeah. she took me to Legoland one time, and I slowly like I was hyped, and then I get there and realize Legoland is not for adults, and you cannot <laughs> fit on any single ride. Like we couldn't even we couldn't even sit on the ride together. They're like, no, you guys are too big. You have to sit oh in different rows, like front yeah. and back. And I'm like sitting there taking pictures of all the Legos. I'm like, oh, but, yeah. I got I got Will a Disney for Life pass, so I'm good. I'm just kidding. They don't make those. I just, I, I literally just made, you know, five people who love Disney just really upset in some way. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, what? Oh, no, there's nothing. Yeah. The mouse gets his money and I'm paying. Yes, right. The mouse gets money. Yeah, mouse. Do not mess with the Mickey Mafia. Do not mess. Yeah, and 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 for those of us from Florida, thank you for your tax dollars. We enjoy. Thank you. Thank you for your service. (laughs) And thank you for your support. Yes. Um. Uh. I did want to talk about this. Uh. Veeam one. Uh. Do you guys know what Veeam is? Heard of it? Yeah. A little bit. But why don't you go over for the audience? Yeah. Sounds familiar. (laughs) So, um, Veeam is like the number one backup solution for uh vmware okay um they also have some other backup stuff too they also do office 365 and some other stuff like that um and um i feel like ryan's just desperately looking for this story right now so sorry control f veeam yeah (laughs) control f what category is this under i'm gonna send you the link right now Uh, anyways um so i guess there was two cves in um veeam just recently that allowed attackers to compromise the api so the way this works is that you set up a um a Veeam backup server um, in your internal network, and then you would point that Veeam to your vCenter, and then you back up all your VMs, right? So you can restore them. Um, so this allowed um, attacker... Well, this was actually supposedly being uh, also attacked in the wild, and uh, it allowed if an attacker compromised your internal network to um, you know compromise your backups. Now, all these backups could be something like, I don't know, your domain controller. So they just grab a snapshot of that bad boy. And you're off to the races, right? So um, be cautious of that's your backups. An, it's an interesting attack pattern that I bet that people aren't really looking for built out alerts for that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You no, know, and I wonder yeah. with, with that type of attack, you know, we always joke around and make fun of the idea of, of you know, what is, what is encryption at rest in a data center? Like, what's, what's the point of having a server full disk encrypted in a data center? How many, 
how many times have you seen somebody walk into a data center, pull hard drives and have that be the breach? Mm-hmm. And the answer is probably never, um, at least not in anything that we've heard of. Uh, I, I but got one this, good example. Do you? I'd love to hear it. But, 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 but with this, these are things that people probably treat in their head as servers that are in the data center. But if they're not encrypted through this service, now all you're doing is dumping the thing and, and hey, look, I can mount it in Linux. Yay. Yay and go run through it. Perfect. Uh, over the internet. So, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. What what do you got, Wade? So there was this one where the plans were stolen for the Death Star, and they just pulled the hard drive out and then beamed them out. And, uh, that was the <laughs> yeah, they did not use the <laughs> <laughs> I saw that And they movie. had some serious Ooh. air gapping, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree with, like, even then, like, most servers are RAID, right? So even oh. if you do pull that drive, you can't rebuild the raid and you're going to be screwed. Like no one wants to get physical. So the, um, (laughs) in in case you're wondering like what, like the real use case for encrypting those, um, uh, backups, I would say the biggest one is just for, uh, repurposing the drives later. So you don't have to erase Mm. them. You can just yank them out and just, you know, they're fine. So save you some effort. Yeah. But I'm gonna go buy a BD one on Bricklink right now. They're thirty dollars <laughs> cheaper. A BD one, yeah, it's the uh, the robot from uh, oh, right. Star Wars video game. BD eight, uh, no BD one, no BD one from uh, Jedi Outcast. Yeah, uh, okay. I've been, I've been eyeballing it for a while. Now that's thirty dollars off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still under a rock. Oh, I've seen. I was at Maker Fair and somebody had built one of these, like a full size one, and it was, I, it was super cute. I've seen the plans to three D print one for a while, and I've just been like, I don't want it. I don't want to level my three D printer. Like, <laughs> I only three D print my Legos now. I only three D print my Legos. I don't even buy them. It's way easier. I'm just kidding. Don't do this. Break out of time. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> just, <laughs> it took me three months to build this Lego. How many pieces was it? it must have been like thirty thousand or something. No, it was like seventeen. Uh, <laughs> layer shift. You know, like yeah. it just kept going off. Yeah. I had to print it again. <laughs> I also had to wear a gas mask for weeks because I was using ABS. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, any other articles you guys want to talk about? We actually did have a bunch, but nothing really stuck out with me uh, besides uh, what we talked about. But the only other one that I really liked was Ryan pointed out to me was the satellite uh, satellite network oh, breach. Satellite, yeah, yeah. We yeah. should probably talk about that one as like a final hurrah for the All year. All right, twenty twenty two, going out with a satellite network bang. What you got? Uh, so pretty much it's just talking about how they believe the Russians have infiltrated satellite networks, right? So Fancy Bear, no. of course, or AP228. Who would have guessed? Not me. Mm-hmm. But And then it goes into a little bit about how CISA is warning and we need to get better, of course. It's the normal mill runaround. And then they go into how Viasat was recently breached uh, during the Ukraine, right? Knocking yeah. out GPS a little bit. Sure. And then talks about SCADA and all DARPA and everything. Nothing. It's not like I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking, but it's always interesting. Anything involving space and hacking, because Mm -hmm. if there's a single mistake on one of these satellites in space, it can cause catastrophes up there. Like you can't do anything because it's if like one satellite gets out of sync, if it breaks, if it blows up some way, it could wreak havoc potentially across the world. But 
Oh, sure. And if it falls out of orbit, it becomes mm. a, a, a very kinetic problem. Yeah, yeah. Shooting. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a Death Star scenario here where we're shooting at satellite? The potential for harm with kinetic weapons is fairly intense. I'm trying to remember the. I'll have to look up the name of the author. There's a a book series called the the Bobiverse, and it's actually one of my one of my favorites. And the which is why it's annoying me that I can't remember the author's name. But one of the the scenes or scenarios in it is that basically you've got rogue AIs pommeling planet Earth. And uh, specifically, the, the bad guys in this case were from Brazil. No, they were from China. And they, were, they had timed Millions. the impact of the incoming asteroids and rocks that were being thrown so that they struck one every 24 hours on the same position and just totally wiped out. In wow. in the book, it sent the Earth back into a, a nuclear, well, an ice age because of all of the debris. Imagine um, the the KT event on steroids. It was just insane. It sounds but, like the uh, the expanse too has that line. Yeah, that same story. Uh, in in some ways, let me see. Hold on a second. While you're looking that up, I mean that the other the other side of the satellite thing is, I mean, they've been doing hack a sack. Dennis E. Taylor. Oh, nice. Yeah. Dennis they've E. Taylor, doing, the Bobverse. Yeah, they've been doing Hackasat at DEFCON for a few years now, and that is one of those things that I deeply believe satellite communications just, it's, it's, it's security through obscurity because you didn't used to have a bunch of people that had radio equipment that could do this. Maybe some hams mm-hmm. that were really into it would know. And now mm-hmm. you've got anybody that can go do it and now they can play and they're finding out that a lot of these protocols based on just knowledge uh, aren't going to cut it. Yeah. The other interesting thing about the SATCOM stuff is that it's really specific to military operations. And the reason why is just because satellites cover such large geographic regions, right? Um, They're not extremely effective at like high data throughput and some other stuff like that, though Elon is obviously shown, can't get his name out of my mouth, um, that Starlink and other things like low Earth or orbit satellites are pretty effective at doing this, which is actually what they also used in the UK. <laughs> Dogs and cats at it. Um, Dogs and cats. Living Live together, total cans. anarchy. Yes, hysteria. Anarchy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, satellites are, are um, you know, most important to the military, right? So, um, you know, that's why in a war, well, they're the first thing to be attacked. Get them out. But I have it to admit, be... even, even with all of this stuff going on, I mean, I have Starlink, right? And the, the bad guy in the, the first one of the Kingsman movies, what did he do? He used the satellites to hijack people's brains. Okay, fine. That's a little far-fetched. But the idea of a single individual, Elon or anybody else, being in charge of or owning a telecommunications network that is global, that is displacing other telecommunications infrastructure, yeah, the, the potential for a Dr. Evil type scenario, it, it's something that's crossed my mind. And it's something that I think we need to be aware of over and above the idea of somebody going out with a parabolic or some sort of receiver who's 
going to take aim at a geostationary satellite because those aren't going to be seeing as much traffic going forward now that we've hit that low earth orbit yeah model it it's going to become more common either way if you want to take out a satellite network you take out the uh, teleport sites you don't go after all those satellites flying in the sky i would be interested to see like some threat modeling like if all satellite communication died what would happen like of course, we go like, to fiber. I don't, you go uh, to fiber. Shipping would stop immediately. Shipping, travel, air. Mm-hmm. Like, does air? How GPS much does is air your biggest ride? thing GPS. that you're talking about, no. though, which is yeah. a very GPS. different type of communication platform. But right. it so is a satellite. Be much communications, right? So, because communications wouldn't, wouldn't at least as far as consumer grade communications wouldn't degrade that much. No. But military grade everything would be gone. At least well, that, I would assume. But well, I'm even talking know. about like shipping. Not just the GPS, but whenever those huge cargo ships are mm. communicating with shore, that's all satellite. Yeah. All of it. So anything out oh, in the open ocean, you're done. Yeah. They're and, all shipboard. Think that. about all of the people. They can't navigate across town without having their GPS. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk you download about the offline map? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't okay. I get in the car and I turn on Apple Maps just to see the traffic. Some yeah, of that's us remember what I do. how to use the Thomas Brothers, but. Again, I'm old. <laughs> so just just for no, it, and, and Bronwyn, some of us use the GPS not for directions, but to see what traffic is going right. to be like, or how long is it going to take us to get there. The amount of times that I take my GPS and go ahead and say "f you" to the directions it's actually giving me because I can see the traffic that it's telling me <laughs> is is amazing. I would still I still go ahead and take a look at a map before I go anywhere and go. All right, where am I going and what are my alternate directions off the top of my head? And I know my enough life. normal people to know that you're an outlier. All right. We have blown through our hour and <laughs> it was fun. And this is our last show for the year. So everyone, thank you for showing up. Uh, thank Yay. you for all the hosts and showing up and conversing about Elon because we love him so much. <laughs> and all the stuff we got to talk about. Um, but yeah, guys. At we least will... we got other stuff in this week. Yeah, right. We will <laughs> see you guys next year. And yeah, thanks for showing up. And uh, we got more we next back year. June 2nd. Yep. I can't wait to talk about more ransomware. We're taking six months off. Sorry, January second. Wrong Jay. Six months. I'm distracted by the animals. I'm. I'm sorry. (laughs) The dog and cat fighting behind me. I'm. I'm. Oh gosh. Multitasking is hard. Anyways. (laughs) Well. Um. Yeah. We'll see you guys next year. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh yeah, I gotta play the video. Yeah, once again, right. distracted. It's like a slow Monday, though. You know, everyone's like ramping up to not work at all, like ramping up to not ramp up. It's like reverse. You're you're ramping down. Is that? Yeah, I think that's the proper I'm ramping term. down. <laughs> I'm accelerating towards stopping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch.